listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. To the Road to what? Omaha podcast, and the NCAA is an absolute joke. A joke, Des. NC State, North Carolina State Wolfpack. They are heading home without playing an elimination game due to COVID protocols, COVID positive tests. We, we haven't confirmed anything. Kendall Rogers just put a story out about 15 minutes ago. I have not gotten a chance to read it. We were recording this on Sunday night at 6.33 p.m. NC State is going home due to a possible COVID positive test. Um, we're not, and then contract contact tracing, and it doesn't make sense. Does it doesn't? It doesn't. And if if this comes back like being a false positive, oh my god! Like just burn it all, burn it all to the ground. It already should be burnt to the ground. NC State. The fan base, the kids, the coaching staff, the athletic staff, the athletic department, everyone, but those kids as well, families were robbed of everything. Literally, in the middle of the night, like a thief, the NCAA drops the news in the middle of a two and a half hour rain delay in a one side elimination game. Mississippi State still had a, a ball in hand in, in this situation at that time. At 1.30 in the morning, in between a half inning and the ninth inning, after waiting for two and a half hours, oh, by the way, Vanderbilt is in the championship. And um, I know you were probably just had your head on the pillow, just relaxed, sleeping with the game in hand while I was stressing over a two and a half hour rain delay because it's a elimination game in my team. But the way Carl Ravage presented that, and this is why he gets paid the big bucks, because his voice is always just like iconic. It's just, it's up there, the Carl Ravage voice. But then you had um, KP and you had Awardo as well. And the disgust that they had, just, it was like five seconds of just pure silence when Carl Ravage was done reading the NCAA um, press release. And it was just silence. You could just tell that they were trying to choose their words correctly. And it was sickening. And it was sickening because these guys got their seasons taken away from them. Memories taken away from Vanderbilt cruises to the ch- if Vanderbilt starts rocker or lighter on full rest, like they shouldn't, like they should like take, they should stand up and just not start them. They should start their number three. They should just not do it. I don't know. Like it makes zero sense to me because NC state had to play a game with 13 guys on the first half. Well, let's, we're gonna talk, let's talk about that. There's all these tests. We got the news on, um, what day was that? Saturday? It was, it was Friday afternoon. Friday. The game Friday got afternoon. pushed an hour. Yeah, I called you and I was like, hey, is this is this for real? And you're like, I think so. And then we got on it on the horn of Brodoma. Ben and the boys at 117 got on the horn and like you just started seeing all this stuff leaking out. And you're like, this cannot be happening because the NCAA is bragging about the attendance record of 100% capacity and no mask, no vibes in the stands, and then you have to do this to the kids? Are you Des, kidding me? Yes, let's talk about that. So I was in Omaha. I went to game one, or I guess it'd be game four, technically, the first Mississippi State-Texas game last Sunday, a week ago. We walk in to Omaha, 
not a single mask in the hotel. They're, they're wearing masks. The workers are wearing masks in the hotel, but every single other person, I was in the Tennessee team hotel. It was a little crazy, wrong orange, um, no masks. And then we go to a restaurant, no masks, no workers are wearing masks. Um, we go to the game. It's a 6 p.m. game. We get there about 5.15. We walk in. No workers are wearing masks. No no fans. My girlfriend said she saw one family out of in the entire stadium that we kind of walked through before we got to our seats behind home plate, 25 rows up. No masks anywhere. They didn't ask you for a vaccination card. They didn't ask you to take a COVID test beforehand. They sent you an email from Ticketmaster saying, hey, you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to, even if you aren't vaccinated. No one had to get tests to be in the stands. There's 24,000 people there early on in the week. There's 21,000 there the other night against uh, for Texas-Mississippi State, the final game. What are we doing here, NCAA? It, it's, it's not one way or the other. Apparently, apparently they can have it both both ways. And I'm going to read something. We tweeted it out this morning um, or 20 hours ago. So late last night, tweeted it out. I'm not sure where this is from. It was sent in the Apollo group me by LSU cam. Um, but Douglas County Health Department is who did the research and the tests and whatever else. The bottom of this article of the screenshot says Douglas Health Douglas County Health Department spokesman Phil Rooney said that the health department did not recommend NC State's removal, but told the NCAA the, the department would support whatever decision the NCAA made. The NCAA wants the big bucks. The big bucks is Vandy. NC State and Mississippi State and Texas, half of that is giving you a lot of money. Vandy makes you a lot more money because Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter now get to pitch. And Full that's health. what I'm upset Full about. Health. Because Kumar did pitch on Friday, and he pit, he threw a lot of pitches. So he will be back game two, game three in some capacity, whether he starts game three or comes in in relief. But Jack Leiter was on deck on Saturday for Saturday afternoon. And I was thinking in my head, once they canceled it, that the Vanderbilt baseball team, since they have a bajillion scholarship players, should go out yeah. there, create People two teams. That. They People should create two that. teams and play a full nine-inning game and waste Jack Leiter's start because that's that's what we're sitting on. Vandy didn't have to play an elimination game. I mean, they technically did. They played one, but they had another on deck. Okay, they got a free let's, ride. Let's dive a little bit deeper on that. They played an elimination game with five starters from NC State missing. They had oh, a PO yeah. at first base. And they only and won 13, 3-1. And 13 guys on the active roster and only beat NC State. The team of destiny, 3-1. to one. That team wins. With Rocker on the mound. That team beats Vanderbilt if they're at full health or full roster. They don't even have to be at full health. They could have the four COVID tests. Barstool NC State, the Barstool NC State account tweeted out as well a Snapchat conversation with one of the players saying that none of the non-vaccinated players tested positive. And apparently there was an agreement before the College World Series that they were not going to test vaccinated players. Guess who went back on their word? The NCAA tests vaccinated players. Four of them happen to have COVID, and then they get sent home. What are we doing here? It's pitiful. It's it's truly pitiful. It's an absolute disgrace from the NCAA. And, of course, as NCAA fans, we do not expect the best from them. 
we truly expect the worst. And this is worst case scenario. And then they, I know you were upset about the Texas tweet last night from the NCAA College World Series account where they put the the team photo in black and white in there. Thanks for the memories, Texas, great season or whatever. Congrats on a great season, Texas. They did the same thing for NC State. NC yeah. State season's not over. They were they, not eliminated. They Thanos snapped them without Thanos snapping them. It was unbelievable. They were not eliminated. They weren't. And it's frustrating. And this is not Vandy's fault at all. It's, it's not. not. It's really not. And it's I'm a little weird. I'm pulling this- a feather out of the Yankees fan cap and just kind of poofing this into air and making up buzzer jokes and stuff like that. Um, Vandy, this is your fault. I'm blaming it on you and I'm coming for your head and I'm coming for Jack Leiter's mustache goatee Look, thing that he's got going on right now. I, I I'm blaming it brother, on them, but it's not Look, their fault. I love you, brother, but I don't think tempting Jack Leiter and, and Rocker and a fully rested Vanderbilt team because I think, and, and we saw it with, with Texas that, and we talked about it before we even started that, Winning the first game is is the key to extending your visit at Omaha because you're just in this driver's seat that is just it's second to none. And when you lose that first game, Texas had granted not knowing what the weather was going to be. They had like four long ass nights in a row due to weather. They played till like one o'clock in the morning, four nights. I, I have no idea what time even means right now, what reality means. I've been drinking nonstop. I've been staying up to like two in the morning watching the same game. It was like Groundhog's Day over and over and over again. And so, you know what? I, I'm, I'm coming here to tell everyone, I am proud of the University of Texas for losing last night in solidarity with NC State because this year, no matter who is a champion, is an asterisk. So, I, I'm, I'm, apl- I'm really ashamed the Bulldogs didn't do what the Longhorns did last night. Stoney, I thought you guys were better than that. I guess you're not. Um, but – Shout out to Longhorn Nation for I I believe doing what they did last night was not a loss. It was a a moment of pride for for what we believe in, what the fans believe in, and for doing it for NC State. So shout out to the Longhorns for doing that because there's gonna be the biggest asterisk on this championship, no matter what team wins. I. <laughs> I, you see how I like to spin things? I just I there, get addicted to spinning things like that. There is one way that there's an asterisk on this championship. It, Mississippi State or Texas gets to the final and plays NC State. I believe Mississippi State or Texas wins that series. I believe. Now, since Vandy was given a free ride, if they were given a free game, they were essentially one game on the schedule that they decided to put an X on and just say, hey, you know what? You did good enough this season. You did good enough. We'll give you we'll give you a game. We'll spot you a game. It's like when you play golf and you got like a, a four footer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And your buddy's hey, just like, you're you're not gonna make that. You're good. You're good, brother. You're good. I that's I, what it's like. Yeah. And we can dive more into it because I, I want to stay on this subject because um it's it is the topic of conversation. But the thing that really got to me was okay. Every single Texas-Mississippi State game, no matter what the lead was, um, it just seemed the other team was always had a chance to win the ball game, And they, they had opportunities to be one swing away. And we saw that. Even in that two-and-a-half-hour rain delay, you know, Mississippi State got to, got the tie and run to the plate in the, in the ninth inning after that delay. And um, 
if NC State would have won, if they would have had a miracle Team of Destiny win, 13 guys, beat Rocker, beat Vanderbilt, and they win, and then they have these tests, and they are now disqualified, that Texas-Mississippi State game would have been the de facto national championship game. And then what happens if Mississippi State did come back in that second game? If they, if they completed that comeback and beat Texas after that delay, they would have celebrated going to the World Series. But in reality, in this multiverse, it would have been for the national championship. Like how awkward that would have been. Because they don't know. You, they're, not, they're on the field. You know, They don't know what's going on because the news just broke in the middle of the night. Right. Mississippi State would have been your champion with the most awkward. They wouldn't have dog celebration. Pile. Yeah, no dog pile. No there celebration. There were three guys that fell down last night, and it, they were like, no, get up. We're not dogpiling. Job's not done. But if they had done that, but what you know do you what do? I mean? Like, it, was, it, it would have been the weirdest ending of. It, I would have been asleep. It, yeah, and you Mississippi State would have won their first national title in school history asleep. in any sport, and I would have been asleep. It just, and honestly, it would have been like the most COVID, whatever the years we've been. I don't even know what what time exists anymore, but it would have kind of would have been like the perfect bow into it all, just yeah. because it, it just would have ended in this weirdness. But it just felt. I just go back and I and I think about it, and I I I think and I hope that the NCAA told NC State earlier in the evening, not when they At dropped the news to everyone so, else in the public. I saw some things on the timeline that they told them and they had to get out of their hotel. Oh, wow. And then they kicked them out. And then the boys that were either contract contact tracing or positive couldn't get on the plane and they left them on the tarmac and they had to wait on a bus. They got Lane Kiffin. They basically got Lane Kiffin and shout out to NC state because the fans, there was a lot of fans there. I'd say they were the fourth most uh, represented fan in Omaha. And they showed out. They went back to their home stadium in Raleigh. And they had a little celebration last night. And they were saying, hey, we would have won that thing if they would have, if the NCAA didn't cuck us, basically. That's what yeah. they were saying. They were, they were proud of the team. The fans are proud of the team. The fans know that they got cucked. The team knows that they got cucked. Look, Vandy's a very hard out. But when you have 13 players and you still only lose by two runs again on a Kumar rocker start, give them the full, give them everybody. Dude, the PO had three knocks. He was like, three for three in the what eighth or ninth inning yeah. when he came up to, or maybe it was the seventh inning. He came up and he, he grounded out, but yeah, like he had three are knocks. You kidding me. They, they were the team of destiny. And I just feel bad because I, I will remember I, – I remember a lot of things throughout my playing career, but the one thing that will stay with me my entire life is my last at-bat, my last out, um, the last out of the game. Uh, I remember every single thing, and it was – the game was out of hand. I, you know, my last at-bat, I was like, you know what, I need – actually, the only reason why I remember it because I ended up as a career lifetime 300 hitter in college, but I needed a hit. I was sitting at 299. And I was like, a walk's not going to do it. Hit by pitch. I need a I need a clean knock. And I finished my career in college as a 300 hitter. So, like, I had, like, incentive to do it. It was a blowout game against Gwinnett. And I got my knock. It was a little squibbler up the middle. And I, I remember that. And I remember walking off the field knowing my career was done, putting the cleats. I tied my cleats up. 
and put them um, on this bar that was in the visitor's dugout that we were in. I was like, they're, they're going to have to fucking cut these off and, and take them away because I'm leaving them here. I remember walking off the field, hugging my pops, fucking crying my eyes out. I thought it was good until I, he gave me a hug. Like, those memories, even as bad as they were, those kids were robbed of it. And they were robbed of it in the middle of the night. I, like, if they were asleep and they woke up, or the parents, they woke up, all right, my kid has an elimination game, or to go to the College World Series the next day, and it's just gone. It, it's Your career's gone. Everything you've worked for your entire life. Because some of these kids aren't going to the show. They're not getting drafted. They're just part of this collective unit, this team of destiny. They went into Arkansas, got their shit pounded, and then came back, got two, made this incredible run, beat Jack Leiter, and then just robbed, robbed in the middle of the night. And it sucks. It just fucking sucks for everyone. For everyone, but I guess the NCAA, because they're still tweeting about attendance records. As someone who was a college athlete, I was a college homer, D3. It's not the same as a baseball team, It's but it's a team. Correct. It's the same it's thing. Team. You're, um, I, I swam for two years at a D3 school in Birmingham, Alabama. I did not know after my second year that I would not be going back. Um, it's my own fault. I wasn't good at school. I, I didn't need to go back. It was a whole thing. But in February that year, I didn't know that my last 200 breaststroke was my last 200 breaststroke so i i can kind of sympathize with it but it's not nearly the same shock it's not because of something that wasn't real it was my own fault but i can kind of sympathize with them i'm like look i know what it's like to not know that that was your last swim i didn't i know what it's like to know that that's not that's your last game but you didn't know it was that's that's tough and it's it's heartbreaking for those kids because they earned it they beat the number one team they beat vandy on nearly a perfect game, basically. Correct. Jack Leiter, he gave up a homer, one solo homer, and all of a sudden, half of their roster's gone. You look at Vandy's side of when they had the pregame lineups in that picture of Vandy on one side with, like, 40 kids, and then NC State, oh. like, they had six players on their team. Like, they didn't even – they weren't even going to fill the outfield. That's what it looked like. It it looked like, it looked like um, it, it was like three hundred. Yeah, it looked like three hundred. It looked like Sandlot when that that team came over on their bikes and they had all the new, yep. new uniforms. And they're just all you know in their in their streetwear, and then it looked like a varsity versus a, a freshman league game. You know, like it was just the freshman team was in a scrimmage varsity and just try to try to play with the big boys, and it just and like I said, it's 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 just really weird. It's always Vanderbilt getting breaks like this. Nope. Hey, if I'm a Vanderbilt fan, I'm, I'm taking it because I, I think the biggest thing is Vanderbilt would have had to run through. They would have had to play an extra game, right? They don't have to do that stress anymore of an elimination game. They already had some high stressful games before that. I mean, the comeback against, against the Cardinal was uh, incredible. Uh, lucky, whatever you want to call it is, it was an incredible comeback win. It's exhausting. And we saw it with Texas, I think. We saw game after game, late night after late late night, games to the max. That, that fucking gets to you. And I think Ivan Melendez, after he hit the home run to force a, a winner-take-all game, he was like – he literally said, I don't know what day it is. Every day is the same day. I'm exhausted, but we're going to wake up tomorrow. It's going to suck. It's gonna, we're going to be sore. We're going to be tired. But we're going to play for a, a winner-take-all game. That shit piles on to you. And 
now it's like they had a, a full weekend in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, you know, just to kick back and all right, let's play for the championship. They don't have that stress and that stress builds on it. And that stress is there and it's built in. And that's what makes college athletics and, and this tournament so great is because every inning and every pitch matters. And they just got a free weekend, essentially. There's a, a less stressful weekend going into a national championship than I could ever recall. And you got two dudes on the mound. They're, the best at what they do yeah so kumar rucker will not be on full rest he got saturday sunday monday tuesday so he's gonna have four days rest um if he if game three if happens on wednesday three, yeah. um if you decide to empty the tank in game two to either try to win it or keep alive then you might you burn him on tuesday i don't know what they're gonna do but let's talk about Texas and Mississippi State, the final showdown, the four games of this season right after this. And welcome back to the Road to Omaha podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Road to Omaha pod, and you can follow Apollo at Apollo H-O-U. Give us a follow, a subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you listen. Give us a five-star review. Tell me how we're doing. Tell us how upset you are about NC State not being in the College World Series or not having a chance to play for the College World Series final. Let us know in the in the reviews. Would be much appreciated. Now, Des, when we started this podcast, we started about two weeks after Texas and Mississippi State played in the opening game of the college baseball season. We had some fun on Twitter. It got a lot of engagement. We had some videos. I threw a horns down at the end of the game. It was all fun and games. And then we started the podcast. We got it up and running. It's up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. It's everywhere. And we had a few hundred people listen at the start. And then it just kept progressively going and going and going. And as the season went on, we were like, in the regionals, we're like, oh, that's, that's good. Oh, wait a second. If we make it. Texas and Mississippi State have to beat each other up to get to the final. And one of those teams are going to make it. We were determined. And then the Super Regional happens. We're like, all right, Texas, they walk through in two games. Mississippi State took them three games against a very good Notre Dame team. And then we get to Omaha. I go to game one. It's a 2-1 pitcher's duel. Strikeouts everywhere. Sets records for both Mississippi State and the College World Series itself. Then we meet once again. And an elimination came. Mississippi State is down, what, five to two? And dual sport, dual sports star Brad Cumbest, Mule, as they call him down in Starkville. It's a three or a two-run game tying single through the hole on the second baseman. And things are looking good for Mississippi State. They're gonna win three games in a row. They're gonna go to the College World Series and in steps the Hispanic. Titanic. Ivan Melendez. Good God, dude. What is what is he eating? I want to eat some of that stuff. Oh, he's an El Paso kid. I don't know what they're having out there. Uh, but that's fair. I have an El Paso. It's yeah, it's something's uh, different in the water over there. It was a iconic game. It was a game that we we were texting each other, and it was and we made I don't know, we'll have to go and maybe censor what we're saying. A bit in our messages, but <laughs> it was a constant chess match of mental warfare between me and you on the timeline and in text messages where the text messages were a little bit more uh, aggressive, you could say. Yes. And <laughs> um, 
I think I think we both knew the rain was coming. And we both said it before the broadcast did because we were kind of like not didn't want to mention it because like, all right, you want kind of want to get the lead and you kind of don't want to bring an arm that's going to get burnt out before the rain sets in because it doesn't look good and you don't know what the NCAA is going to do. And as the rain starts to fall down and <clears throat> Ivan's in there, he works a 3-0 count, a total ball four, umpire calls a strike, and the umpires on both sides for both games were awful. absurdly awful god awful um they should never umpire a game every single game like you should rudy yourself you should take your your you take your uniform off your little umpire uniform and go put it at the desk and never umpire again because it's been so bad behind the plate but anyways island steps up in the rain hits a massive tank to the farthest part of the field in a stadium that plays huge where balls die and he knew it instantly and against the wind in yeah in against the wind Pimped it instantly, and then the rain set. It's so bad. (laughs) And it was one of those things. And if you if you play the game when you you have a home run, I've never hit like I maybe hit two home runs that probably equaled that home run in distance. Like that ball was just slammed. But you just know it off the bat. You feel nothing. It it's just great. I I don't know how to explain it other than we'll get canceled if I do. But it, you just feel nothing. And so to see his immediate reaction and the ball went to the furthest part of the stadium into the wind, absurd, absurd power. Like, I wish I saw that at, at the dish because that may have been in orbit because that stadium plays way smaller than TD. But then the rain sets in, the chaos sets in, the two-and-a-half-hour rain delay. We're sitting there like, okay, I, I was texting. We're, we're, we're good family friends with the, the SID at Texas, and – He's like, dude, I have no idea. Like, we're in a little family group message, and we finally got news. He was like, all right, maybe looking like 1245. 1245 rolls around. He's like, maybe 1255. 1255 rolls around. He's like, all right, 105, we're going to start. I was like, all right, dude, you just told me two other times, but we'll just let's go with it, you know. And uh, Texas holds off Mississippi State to force an elimination game, uh, a winner-take-all to go to the College World Series. And it was a game that – I said it on the timeline. It was a damn good baseball game. The better team won. Mississippi State was a better team last night. Um, it it felt it felt like a game that we could possibly steal um, because we got the early lead, came Williams to the tank, and, and I knew Mississippi State was going to come back and chip away. And in the fashion that they did, you just kind of hoped that it was like a little too late. And obviously, for your Bulldogs, it wasn't. You just you were just kind of holding your breath as a Longhorn fan. I think I could speak for everyone. Um, that it was just a game like, okay, fuck. Let's, we're like treading water almost because I think you guys had ended up with like 12 hits to R4. Is that right? I believe so. We had 10 hits before the ninth inning. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or before the eighth inning or something, yeah. So it was a, just a game where, okay, everything's kind of going our way a bit. We're just hanging around the rim. Can we get a put back? You need a lot of luck in that situation. And I just think that's what the two teams were at that point. Mississippi State is the better baseball team than the University of Texas right now. Both teams are capable of winning um, and going to the national championship game and winning the national championship um, because it was a de facto national championship because there's an asterisk now. But no. it, it just felt like a game where Texas was just like kind of in over the head. And and we said, I said it, Landon Sims is the X factor. And he's, I said, it, he's my fucking Freddy Krueger, Jason, or whatever the guy that goes in your nightmares and murders you. Like I'm going to see that kid forever. And he, obviously he doesn't, 
NCAA doesn't care about compliance because he starred in the Mighty Miami, the Mighty Ducks 20 years ago. He looks just like the guy from Mighty Ducks 20 years ago. I don't know how he's playing college sports, so maybe have to check a birth certificate. But um, I don't know. Tell me your perspective on your side of the game. Kind of run me through what you're seeing on on your side. Yeah, so I I was coming back from out of town, started the game, had it on my phone, walk in the house, and as I'm walking up the stairs, Cam Williams hits that two-run shot. Shit. They're seeing Willie B. Bednar is not going to be as good. He had two strikeouts already that, or he had one strikeout that inning. Then he had a walk. And I was like, we got to, we got to calm down with the walks. That's the reason we lost the first game against, or the second game technically against Texas. Um, We had eight walks. That's like four more than we've had all season as a, as a team in a game. You can't walk people all the time. And, and then Kane Williams hit the tank. It's, it's a two run ball game right off the bat. And then, Bednar strikes out the next two guys. He walks off the bump. He looks confident. He's Willie B again. I'm confident. I, I'm going to like, all right, Willie B, he's going he's gonna to do his thing. He gave up two. He might give up one more, but that'll be it. It'll be three runs max from Willie B. And then Rowdy Jordan worked a good count. He, he, uh, I think he grounded out his first at bat. And then Tanner Allen, I think he took a second pitch uh, hanging slider up the middle, single. And at that moment, I, I really want to say that I believe that we were going to win that game. Because if Tanner Allen is taking a first or a second pitch and he's driving it up the middle, he's locked in. He's going to take, he's going to win that game for you. One way or another, Tanner Allen is going to be a very big factor in that game and you're going to win. Nothing came out of the first. We were still down 2-0. Bottom of the second, same thing. A couple of line drives up the middle. And then Logan Tanner comes in and bounces one over the third baseman's head and it scores he scores one, I believe. Scored one. Scored one. Yeah. So we were two Made one. And we loaded the bases, nobody out. They got the force out at home. And then they got out of the inning. No they escaped the uh inning and Mississippi State should have blown it open there. They had no yes. outs and the bases were loaded. But at that moment, I was like, all right, people are, that haven't been hitting very well are now seeing the ball in the shadows. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. The later the game went on, though, I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm getting a little can, antsy. Can we pause something real quick just so, so the listeners can hear this? So in yes. this moment right here that you just painted, um, the the high bouncer chop that, that ties the game up, yep. I text you and I say, GG beat Vandy. You reply with hook him. And then I reply with told you four minutes later, that's when it happened. <laughs> and then you reply with GG's. <laughs> I go, GG's man, good luck on Vandy. You reply, Cam Reynolds is really good. I reply back with, Layden Sims is a god. You reply back with, he's average. I reply back, a god. You go, maybe even below average. And I go, he's a god. So the mental chess game that we played, and I said, Alan bomb coming up, and then you said, double play for sure, and then told you. And then it was just a chess match all the way for another 50 messages. But that's just a little perspective of what, is happening behind the scenes why Stoney's painting what's happening on the field and it's not just happening in text it's it's happening in the <laughs> apollo mission control group on twitter it's also happening on the, on timeline. the timeline he's like congratulations at stony shrink go beat bandy in the championship hey, dude I, also i'm catching I, strays i'm catching more strays than you on the timeline i got oh, ben, for sure. i got ben catching strays my way i got everyone and all these trolls i got i got a ton of strays and that's fine. We can talk about that later, but continue. Yeah. So it's 2-1. They get to 2-2. Two, two. 
and it's 3-2 Texas. And I'm sitting there, I was like, ah, or no, it was 3-1. So it was 2-1, 3-1 Texas, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, someone's just got to get on base. Something's got to happen. And was it uh, – hmm, which one was it? Was it the Kellum Clark double down the left field line? He gets on base where the, the guy, full extension in left field, just misses it. Brad Compass comes up, drives home. Kellum Clark, lane four, or gets on base, gets him to third. I'm all over the place. Kellum Clark hits a uh, single over the second baseman. Brad Compass goes to third, so he got first and third. And that's when all the runs started happening. And you feel good. And he had both bases loaded, tie game, two outs, nothing happens. I'm like, that was your that was your opportunity. I believe that was the seventh inning. Eighth or seventh inning, old Landon Sims comes in. God, I hate that guy. I love the kid. He's electric. I hate him though. He's an absolute stud. And we've been talking about him all season long. And Des right after the first game of the season. This is back in February. He goes, who the fuck is Landon Sims? Landon Sims. He it was just like, who the hell is this guy? And look, I worked for the athletic department last year, 2020. Um, so I got to see the beginning of Landon Sims. He would always come in. He was not the closer. He would come in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, and he, he'd throw an inning. And I was like, that, that dude's nuts. Throws 95. It's a rising fastball. It's Verlander, Cole-esque, the rising fastball. It may not be as good, obviously, but that's the comparison. That's what it looks like. And I was like, that dude's going to be a stud. And he came in, and he just started striking people out. Left and right. And then all of a sudden, are we in the is it the eighth or the ninth inning that we talked about off air before when Landon Sims? The ninth. It was the ninth. So it was the ninth was inning. Cam Williams and then uh, Hodo. Yep. So Landon Sims gives up a leadoff walk, I believe, in the ninth inning. And I'm like, God yeah. bless with the walks. I am tired of it. And this is where I start to get a little nervous. I, I start to panic on inside, be calm, cool, and collected on the outside. He gives up a walk, gives up a deep fly out, and then I believe it was the next batter, Landon Sims. Texas bunted. They did a sack bunt to move the runner up to second to bring up Cam Williams. Yeah. Landon Sims, he throws a pitch, and immediately when contact is made, just falls down. Like Falls down. Brett Bradledge, like you said, off air of the Astros, just like head in hands turns around, falls down, is just devastated because he gave up a two-run tank. It was caught at the wall. Caught at the wall. And I am just so nervous because I believe it's Brad Cumbus still in the game out there and left, and you never know what that guy. He's a tight end. He's a big boy. He's probably incredibly fast, but when he moves, I'm like, dude, just make he, it a little faster. Out, yeah, he lumbers out there quite a bit. He's six foot five, 200-whatever pounds. He's an absolute tank, but he makes me a little nervous in left field, but he's made some great robbing home run catches this season. He brings it in, and then Landon Sims, he's out of the inning. Or into the bottom of the ninth. And was it – it was Kellum Clark. He got hit on the toe. Am I right? Yeah, one-two count, uh, one out. Yep. He gets drilled the back foot slider. Freshman DH who hasn't played a whole uh, lot he's a freshman? Season. He hadn't played a whole lot this season until probably regional. 
regional play, he started starting in DH and was in there all the time. He had some games here and there. He played once or twice a weekend, but freshman DH, he's going to be our starter D, uh, third baseman or shortstop next year. He's a stud because he's the one that hit the home run off Virginia to break the no hitter. He, yeah. he did all of these things. He's been great all season when he's been in the game. Freshman DH. I think he was also had three knocks last night as well. Yes, he had a doubles yeah. and two yeah. singles, I believe. And, a, and he got hit by a pitch. So yeah, hit by a pitch yeah. on his back foot on a one-two count, as you said. And here we are. Braylon Skinner. Juco Bandit comes in. He's a senior. He's he's a fast stud. That's all he is. He plays really good defense, and he's fast as all get out. Comes in. I think he steals on the second pitch. Yeah. It was a, it was a fastball, close. 93 miles an hour, right down the middle. Um, I can't remember your catcher's name. It's, it's slipping my mind right now. But he – uh, Silas. Yep. He tossed it a little high to the second baseman and Braylon Skinner did not get a great jump. He slipped a little bit and then he slid early. So it took him forever to get into the base. He did. And good God, it's the most terrifying thing when you, you know, you're going to steal a guy. And then he does that and you're like, Oh no, this isn't good at all. And he slides and he gets his hand on the base and it's just the look of relief and the smile on Braylon Skinner's face that, you know, things are going to happen. In steps, Tanner Leggett, pinch hitter, senior juco banded as well he could have left he could have went anywhere else in the country to actually get playing time he got playing time a couple three years ago i believe when he was a first year transfer in omaha but steps to the plate and i didn't notice this when it happened or anything but john big john from apollo tweeted out a screenshot of kenley jansen on the bump against Alex Bregman in game five of the 2017 world series. And he said shades of this basically. Yeah. And quote tweeted our road to Omaha uh, highlight of this play. And I've never, I didn't even think about that. And it was nearly identical. It was a nearly ne- my skin is crawling. It was nearly identical. And it's, it's a slider that hangs a little bit over the plate. It's a great barrel. It's a great pitch. It's I don't a great know if it's barrel. a great barrel. It's in the end of the bat. Just flick it out. I mean, it's a good piece of hitting. Not a great barrel, but whatever. Hey, the barrel of the bat got there. I mean, he's never going to pay for a drink ever again in, in Starkville. So whatever. No. I guess it'd be a great barrel. The war, it, the war stories that Mississippi State are going to be talking about. So it'd be like it was some screaming line drive off the wall, but whatever. It was a hard hit ball, but it wasn't It wasn't a dribbler, but it, it wasn't like the hardest hit ball of anyone's ever seen. It was a good piece of hitting. It got over the shortstop. Braylon Skinner. Pauses a little bit just to make sure he gets over the shortstop's head. Wheels it around the bases. Mississippi State wins the ball game in the maroon 85s in the whites for the redemption tour of the 1985 season when their starting pitcher went down against Texas and Texas and Miami beat the Mississippi State Bulldogs in thunder and lightning in 1985, where that was the team of destiny. 1985 was the team of destiny. Ron Polk's in his prime. You got Rafael Palmero and Will Clark. They lose in the in the white Mississippi State 85 jerseys. They bring them back a few years ago. They beat Miami in 2019 in the regional. They beat Texas in the College World Series to advance to the finals in the in the white Mississippi State 85 jerseys. The redemption tour is done. Tanner Leggett gets his shirt stripped off of him in the outfield. Mississippi State, I if we're being completely honest, I was confident all game and the ninth inning happens. I was like, all right, it's over. We're done. Good season. I was ready to pack it in because Mississippi state sports, it'll do that to you. It's pant. It's pain. Just 
left and right. And Mississippi State advances to their second College World Series final. First one happened in 2013 with like six major leaguers on their team. So they got swept. So we still haven't won a College World Series final game. I am panicking. And I it's mean, Sunday night. Yeah. Look, you're there's no sugarcoating. You're playing a team that's well rested. You have wider on the bump. Could be a dogfight. But what I said from the very jump, I said the winner of the College World Series is going to be Texas Mississippi State, and that's not a bias. I look, I'm the world's worst. If you give me an inch, I take a mile. I will create content out of nothing. But I honestly said that truthfully, whoever won between the two teams is going to win it all because. I felt like both teams, like I said, were built like each other. You have three dogs that are on the bump that could go start any Friday night for any team in the country outside Vanderbilt. You have a lineup that just rakes and is more consistent. I think you have less outs than that Texas lineup did, and we saw it kind of rear its head. But you have this guy named Landon Sims, and, and I'm talking about him again. And I, I during your soliloquy, I was going through the three appearances versus Texas that Landon Sims pitched in this year. And this is why this kid will haunt me forever. And hey, Landon, if you're listening, we'll get you on and I'll say it to your fucking face. First game, 10 Ks, he faced 12 batters. He had 10 strikeouts. Yep. Second game, he faced 12 batters, had six strikeouts. The third game he faced, um, let me do the basic math, six batters and had four strikeouts. So he had 20 strikeouts. He struck out 20 Longhorns and 30 fucking at-bats. 66% of the time it was a strikeout facing Landon Sims. Are you kidding me? Kid's electric. This kid's a weapon. And I don't know how to utilize that in a short three-game series. I really don't. That's that's that is gonna be an interesting dynamic. Do you burn them one game to steal a game? Do you kind of kind of go so, one, three, one? All right, let's burn them out for two. Hopefully, we steal this game and hopefully there's not a three. That's going to be the interesting dynamic of it because it's, he's such a weapon. Yeah, but, my, thought, my thought process there, how do you use him in a World Series where he's already pitched three times last week? He's going to have three games in a row, so there's no days of rest. What do you do with that? Game one, if you're up by one run in the ninth inning, you throw that guy out there. 100%. You give, you give him one inning, you say, a chance to win it. Do your fucking worst and just kill these guys. Game two, if the same scenario happens, I don't know if you go back. I don't know if you can go back to him. You definitely don't throw a Parker Stinnett out there who gave up a three-run tank and couldn't locate a fastball, curveball, slider, or anything. You don't throw that guy out there. But yeah. I guess the question is this, Tony. Like, obviously, it, it's a it's a weird sample size because they didn't play this year, right? Mississippi State and Vandy didn't play. Right. No, they did. We went to Nashville. Oh, yeah, you guys did go to Nashville. Last year, obviously, no no games were played. Due to COVID. Yep. We had them at Nashville later on in the season in May. It was one of the last few series, but got canceled. Okay, so what was – so that that night, that would be 2019, the team with Tanner out, all these guys in there freshmen, correct? Uh, so they came in as in 2018. Vandy okay. came to town, came to the dude that wasn't finished yet, the new dude. Um, I guess my question is, what's the sample size of these teams, two teams playing against each other? So they played three games – in the regular season in 2018, they played three games in a super regional in 2018 in Nashville. Mississippi State came out on top, went to the College World Series. 2019, they did not have a series against each other, but played twice in the College World Series. Um, 
And then 2021, here we are, they played a regular season series and now they're meeting again for a final series. So they played once or twice every year since 2018. Okay. So this past year they lost six, two, one, seven, four and lost seven, four. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, these guys know each other. They all have seen each other. They all grew up in the same circuits. And so, I mean, they're both SEC powerhouses. Um, I guess the biggest thing is just, can you beat Jack Lauder and, and Rocker? Like, they've already proved that they can do one of those one things. of the two. Yeah, they have not beat Rocker yet, but they have touched him up a few times. It just so happens that they touched our starting pitchers up more. And so Rocker has been human. He's getting gassed. Yeah, Arizona got to him. NC State with like four players on their team started looking. They put a lot of people on base. So, as a fan. Not an unbiased national media journalist. As a fan, Stoney, mm-hmm. do you want a a three game pitcher's duel or do you want a three game slugfest? Like what what lines up better to give you a chance to dogpiling Omaha? I guess is the real question. A pitcher fest, because if that's you're what pitching, you want, if you're if Mississippi State's pitching is matching Vanderbilt's pitching and it is a one two game or a two one game or one one zero zero in the ninth. Have you watched the rest of this past season? Mississippi State walks off every weekend, it seems like. They they have a lot of walk-offs. They don't die. Now, Vanderbilt does the exact same thing, so it could go poorly if we won it that way. But they they just don't quit. And that's the one thing I will say Mississippi State is very, very good at. It's winning. That's They're not an incredibly – overpowering team they're not going to hit a ton of home runs although they do hit home runs they're not an incredible base running team because they don't they steal a a good amount of bags but they don't rely on it they're a good fielding team they're a good pitching team they score a decent amount of runs but they don't just kill you every game so they're not exceptional at one part of the game except for winning they just find a way like we've seen in the college world series they went down against virginia in 7.1 no hit innings and all of a sudden, they score six runs in the eighth. Against Texas, they were down five to two. They come back and tie it. Now, they lost that game eight to five and the rain delay and all that jazz, but they don't quit. That's the one thing that they're good at. And they're, they're good at not getting too high. They, they won the game against Texas in the first game. They beat Virginia in the second game. They lose to Texas in the third game, so they didn't get too low because they came back and won the game in a walk-off fashion with a bunch of dudes that – came from juco and don't play a lot of baseball cold off the bench they're just they're a big unit that wins games and that's the one thing i'm very confident in on the opposite side of that vanderbilt has two stud pitchers and they also do the exact same thing they don't quit they've had they they have two walk-offs this college world series as well arizona and stanford yeah and then the covid win doesn't count but uh yeah, so Mississippi State, they had one walk-off. They had one eighth-inning comeback. I don't know. They win a lot of games. They just win. It doesn't matter how they do it. So it's going to be interesting because Jack Leiter is definitely on the bump for game one. So Jack Leiter's on the bump for game one, and Mississippi State probably throwing Christian McLeod. I don't know what you do. It's, it's going to be quite the battle. It's going to be hopefully a pitcher's duel for Christian McLeod's sake, and we're going to see what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think the game itself is going to be pretty pretty much a dogfight, and I think you touched on a, a lot of good things there, and I, I'm excited to see it as a baseball fan. Like, I know Texas was one of three final teams left, and they didn't. They're not dogpiling Omaha, and that sucks. This team still won 50 games. They've set a a thing for Coach Pierce and Tulo and Allen and everyone in the from Carly and Drew and all the guys in and girls in the athletic department. I, I think they've done a lot of great things to set a precedence going forward. And I think we can look back in a couple of years that this is this Texas team is what Mississippi State Mississippi State team a couple of years ago is for this team. Like they got here, they got the experience, they know what to do, how to how to be here. And now we're seeing I like I said, you're you're seeing this Mississippi State team pay those dividends. You invested, you bought low, and now you're you're having an opportunity to sell high and win a championship and, and Dal Paul and Omo. And that's all you can ask for. And as a baseball fan, you're gonna get a bunch of dudes that are gonna be in the show here very, very soon. And so I, I'm excited to see it as a baseball fan. It's gonna be a hell of a series. I am terrified. Mississippi State Sports, if you look at the history. It's it's not good. There's zero national titles and across all sports. I've said it a couple of times on the last few podcasts, but it's it's terrifying. But you have a chance to beat a very good team that kind of had a free pass, but it's not their fault that they got the free pass. But you have a chance to win a national championship, and that's that's what you you gun for every single year. You want to win the national championship. You want to get to Omaha. That's the first step. The next step is winning the national title. And they have a chance to do that. They got three more games, potentially only two. Depends on what happens in game one and two. But you have three games to win a national title against a very good team. But you have your own very good team. So it's been a hell of a season. This team has been building on Omaha since 2018. It's their third trip in a row. They have two incredibly experienced guys in Rowdy Jordan and Tanner Allen. You had an SEC player of the year. You got a pitching staff that's number two in the nation overall on ERA and also set an NCAA record for strikeouts. You got a very good bullpen and you have argued, you have the best reliever in the game left in Omaha. So you've got a shot. Yeah. It's all you can ask for. All you want is to have the ball in the hand on the bump and be able to hit the ball. You have a chance to hit the ball. You have a chance to pitch the ball. Go win a game. Go go win two games. Just hey, what do you what do you say? You and you and you and your coach, who I, yeah, I can't. You ne- you I think I love the guy. High. I think we best best friends. I think we go out and have beers together and chop it up. Can't stand the guy right now because I'm still upset. It's okay. What do you say? Don't yeah, say coach too Lamonis. high. Or don't, whatever bullshit. Coach Lamonis. Coach what does he it's say? Never get too high. What does he say? Never get too low. You can never get too high. And never get too low. You gotta stay even keel. You gotta win some more games. You've got a chance to win a national title, but don't get too high after winning one game. You got to win two. And if you lose one, you still got a chance to win two. It is. That's all it is. And he he's he said it in their post-game pressers. They do this cool thing on Twitter where they have like a minute, 45-second clip of Lamonis giving his uh, T-shirt out. They have this T-shirt that they give out for every win that they end up having. And a player of the game, basically, and Coach Lamonis kind of give divvies it out every game. And – He's he says it every press every every time in the dugout. He says, "Hey, that's a great win. You're gonna celebrate tonight. You want to wake up in the morning. You never get too high. You never get too low. 
You can stay even kill. There's still a job to do. There's still a mission to be accomplished. Mississippi State is in the College World Series finals for the second time in school history. Go make some history. Go make history. I'm look, if it's not my team, I want it to be your team. I want I want this podcast to be national champions. Look, I'll say it right now. I'll, I will wear that godforsaken maroon if you win the national championship. Stand look. up. I will do it. I will I will rock me some Mississippi State national championship gear. Des, we got to get the creative team on this. Apollo Mississippi State national championship shirts if it were to happen. I'm not designing look, anything not, until yeah, it happens. We're not designing anything. If it happens, we will design it after they win the national championship and then we will put it out after they win the national championship. I'm just putting if. it out there that I would I would wear that godforsaken maroon. I would. Just for you brother, for all our fans in Starkville that listen, uh, I would do that. Obviously, there's you got to win two, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be pretty damn fucking difficult. Um, and hell, I mean, I mean, we we may take the asterisk off the gear too. Like I don't know, we we're thinking a little too far ahead because last time I thought ahead, and I'll say this right now before we sign off, <laughs> Texas got up two to one, and you know what I did? This may be on me. I, I fuck, I'll say it. I looked at that fucking stupid video you did and i bookmarked it and then mm. i looked up the song mm. and then i started planning out my response i was like we may luck into the one we may steal a game i gotta respond content wise i'm like you know what i got two bottles of champagne on ice i got a little cuban cigar i don't know can i say that are those illegal? i don't know they, those may be illegal i don't know i found a yes. fireworks shell at our airbnb <laughs> no no tunnel that you put the fireworks shell in just the just the shell, which is like that's so random. So I was like, okay, if Texas wins, I'm going to pop both bottles of champagne. I'm gonna I'm gonna chug them. I'm gonna light the cigar. I'm gonna light the shell, and then I'm just gonna fucking chunk the shell. And we had a pool, and I was gonna jump in the pool. And I had this whole video playing that stupid song you had, and I had this all planned out. And then we lost. So please don't plan anything out. Let me plan everything out behind like as your off the record guy so that original video of me doing the horns down or bad boys bad boys for life was not planned it was thought of and i was like eh probably won't and then i wasn't gonna do it and i was walking out of the stadium it was before des facetimes me i put it out i put it out i did the thing it was, it was unplanned it was right off the cuff i had nothing planned for last night i was like if we win i i'm just gonna cry i'm just gonna cry that's all i'm gonna do i'm not even gonna video it it's going to be fine. I have nothing planned for the national championship. I'm dialed in. I, I got my phone out. I'm dialing in. I'm dialing in. Monday, so Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Fuck it. Just, just going to lock in. Going to watch some baseball. I have nothing planned content-wise. If Mississippi Enjoy. State wins a national championship, then it's going to be incredible. If they lose a national championship, you're probably going to get some great content out of me. It doesn't matter which way the ball rolls on this content-wise. Something's going to happen but nothing is planned. It's all going to be off the cuff. It's all going to be unplanned. It's going to be authentic and true to me and true to Mississippi State fans. So that's what I'm rolling with. Mississippi State's in the finals. You can't ask for another better shot than that. You can't. So, Des, I, I'm sorry, but we have to put your Longhorns to rest. Rest in peace, the Texas Longhorns baseball team 2021 Texas season. Back. 
Texas, Texas is officially is back. back because it is football season. Matthew McConaughey is walking out that. <laughs> we are so back. We're back, baby. Look, so, we're back. Texas is back. Texas, Texas is totally back because now it's football season, and they can't not be back until their first loss. So Texas Whatever. is back. Mississippi State's in the national championship finals against Vanderbilt, who got a free game, but it's not Vandy's fault. So I want that to be clear. I am making it known that it is not Vandy's fault. I just like to make it appear that it is Fanny's fault. It's the NCAA's fault. NCAA sucks. We all know it. I've already said choice words about it all season long. I hate the NCAA. Most people do. Fanny's in there. Mississippi State's in there. And also, before we get off, I have some choice words for people out there on the Twitterverse and some journalists in college baseball realm. Is the SEC that good? Are, are they really that good? Are they really the best conference? I saw all of this bullshit on the timeline for months on end. Who's in the finals? Two SEC teams. What are we talking about, guys? SEC baseball is the best conference as of right now. It could change next year, but there are two SEC teams. There was three in Omaha, the most represented conference, and now they're the most represented conference in the finals because there's only one conference in the finals. SEC reigns supreme. I hate Vanderbilt. I am on a mission to find the Vandy Whistler and may or may not strangle him by his ponytail. I don't know. I I don't know. I hate the Vandy Whistler. I don't hate Vandy. I hate the Vandy Whistler. That's where I'm at. Whatever. It, it just means more bullshit. Whatever. I get it. Whatever. I don't. Hey, do the horns go down now? Stop. God, it was. Did you see Lamonis before? This is the last thing. Did you see Coach Lamonis? I didn't. On if the bus. T- I'm you- gonna send it. I need a live reaction here. I'm gonna send it to you on it. Uh you don't have Instagram. Um hold on. I'm gonna find this because did he do horns down? Oh, don't don't just just I'm wait. about to be the biggest Vanderbilt fan if you're sending me something this ugly. All right, he didn't uh he did not post it on Twitter. Oh yeah, I lied. I lied. He did. <laughs> I'm putting it in the big group. I'm letting everybody see this. Okay. So I'm pulling it up, chat. Pulling it up. Stony. I swear we're getting off this in a second. He threw horns down. All right. Go Vanderbilt. I'm done. I take everything. I'm not wearing that maroon. I'm the biggest Vanderbilt fan. I'm a big lighter fan. I'm a big rock fan. That's it. For what you know, go dogs. Hail State in the finals against Vanderbilt. We will be back later this week after the championship series concludes. You can follow us on Twitter at RodomahaPod. You can follow Apollo at Apollo H O U. Hail State. X is back.